Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Vin, the associate producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market. And we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Vincent and AJ chat with Kim Lowersdorf, VP of Marketing at Emblem Health. She talks about the fun challenges that lie with differentiating marketing from product to product in the health industry, and how using creativity can work around constraints. Vincent hosts the Silver Apple Awards, and AJ looks forward to finishing off a strong year. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Marketing Stir. I am extra happy today. It's the morning. It's cold here in New York City. I've got my coffee, of course, but I'm usually this chipper anyway. It's another episode of The Marketing Stir. I, of course, am one of your hosts, Vincent Petrofessen, the Vice President of B2B Products and Partnerships at Starista. Really quick, let's talk about Starista. Just for a minute, the elevator pitch, just because, you know, we just have to pay the bills around here. I'm kidding. There's no bills to pay. But anyway, Starista, we are an identity marketing company. We have our own business-to-business data, our own business-to-consumer data. We work with organizations who would like to target that data in order to get new customers, to get their services, their products in front of those uh, customers or potential customers. We do our own email sending. We have our own DSP that can execute media, display, OTT, connected TV. That's enough about us. Email me at Vincent at starista.com. That is how confident I am that we can help. The other thing I'm confident about, I say it every week, but I didn't say it on the last episode of the podcast, only because he wasn't with me. I felt I was, I felt alone up here. I didn't know what to do. I'm so glad he's back with me. My co-host, we call him the San Antonio Slayer, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's up, AJ? Hey, Vincent. I was thinking you might not need me after all. Come on. I always need you. I always need you. And I knew you were going to think that. I knew you tried to find a way to, you know, to potentially, you know, but you like this, you love this podcast. And, you know, and especially now, uh, I'm sure you love, wait till you go to the conferences now, AJ. It's fun when random people come up to you and like, I love your podcast. I'm like, thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. But it is great. But we're happy to have you. Don't you do that to me again. you, You have to be here with me. Um, what's going on since the last time I talked to you? It's, uh, things are going well, man. I think we're looking to finish the year strong. It's a busy time of the year for everybody. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sorry I'll be missing out on seeing you in person this week. So things are uh, busy in a good way here. So but look forward to seeing you at another conference soon. Absolutely. Yes, I will be. uh, This will already air. I am hosting the Silver Apple Awards for the Direct Marketing Club of New York. You'll have to stay tuned and see how I did. Hopefully I I did well with that event. Looks like about 150, 175 people going to that one. Looking forward to that. But yes, but I will see you in December. That's right. San Antonio. It's, uh, that's the only time I actually like going to San Antonio because it's, it's uh, a lot hotter there than it is in New York. So it'll be good to uh, see everyone kind of finish out the holidays, the year. I'm going to a San Antonio Spurs game. That's going to be fun. But awesome, awesome. Enough about me, enough about you. You're back, AJ. We're happy. 
to have you, but I'm happy to have this next guest. So here in New York City, right, there, I believe it's the FDR. You drive down and I always see this beautiful, um, this you know, emblem, I was gonna say this emblem, this beautiful sign, <laughs> pun intended, of Emblem Health. And I, you know, we know it here, of course, in New York. And I said, I would love to talk to someone from Emblem Health. I'd love to get uh, Emblem Health, you know, the healthcare industry. We'd love to get someone's take on that. And we have an amazing someone with us, ladies and gentlemen. We have the Vice President of Marketing at Emblem Health. Please, a warm marketing stir welcome for Kim Lowersdorf. What's going on, Kim? Good morning. I'm so excited to be with you all today. We're happy to have you. It's so nice to meet you and uh, have you joining us today. It's not too early there for you in Denver, is it? The sun, the sun is up today. So, so we're not, we're not at the first meeting of the day. It's awesome. <laughs> nice, nice. Hopefully it will be the most fun, uh, the most fun, maybe, not the most, pro- maybe not the most <laughs> profitable or, or meaningful, but it'll be the most fun. But it is so glad, uh, we're so glad to have you here. Kim, for people who don't know Emblem Health, you know, talk about Emblem Health as a whole. And then I'd love to understand your role within the organization, obviously VP of marketing, but some of the day-to-day that you tackle. Yeah, absolutely. So when we talk about Emblem Health and the Emblem Health family of companies, uh, we have to start with the heritage of the health insurance plan. And it's it's funny, I was chuckling a little bit as you were talking about Emblem and Emblem Health, um, because uh, we were founded 80 years ago to serve the hardworking men and women uh, of New York City. And that our logo is actually representative of the police and fire shields coming together as the the members that we have proudly protected for over 80 years at this time. Uh, So we have the core health insurance plans, which serve the New York tri-state area. And our family of companies are also Advantage Care Physicians, which is over 40 medical practices in the greater New York City area, uh, as well as Digital Solutions Company. So really, as we have looked at the transformation of healthcare over the 80 years we've been a company, but absolutely the rapid transition in the early years, uh, it's been very intentional that we have a provider group, that we have a digital solutions company so that we can really help meet members and patients where they are and how they want to consume healthcare today, which is rapidly evolving and accelerated in many different ways over the last couple of years with the pandemic. Uh, So day in and day out as vice president of marketing, I get the privilege of leading an amazing team that is oriented in creating our brand, engaging with customers, community, our members, our patients throughout everything that we do from digital to offline experiences. Uh, so incredibly proud to, to represent the, that team today and, and who we are in the, the New York City market. I, I love hearing that. And again, like I said, I'm biased because of New York. I love, uh, I love seeing that. Uh, Kim, talk to me about, uh, we love asking this question on the marketing stir because it's not always a traditional path. And if it is a traditional path, well, then that's unique as well. So talk to us how you got into marketing in the first place. 
Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know if this qualifies as the traditional or non-traditional path. Um, but I was about seven years old and it involves minor league ballparks. Uh, so, uh, honestly, I, I grew up a huge baseball fan playing baseball may have been raised at a minor league ballpark, uh, that type of investment. Uh, and my dad got me really into baseball cards and a big part of that was autographs. And so as a seven-year-old, I believe that was first or second grade, if we go back into mm-hmm. to the grade levels, uh, they used to produce, far, this is before the internet, they used to produce a book of the home addresses of professional baseball players. Oh, wow. And so I would literally go through my cards, I would find their home addresses, I would write letters I mean, this is Willie Mays, Cal Ripken, Noel Ryan, wow. Ryan Sandberg, right? This is the, the era of the greats we're talking about then. Uh, and I would send them handwritten letters with their cards, the return envelopes so that they could easily, you know, send it back to me. I would even keep a little spreadsheet in the book that was on what date I sent it, what date I got it back. And amazingly, you'd get some stuff back in days, some stuff I got back in months, some stuff I got back in years, Uh, but grew in a a fantastic autograph collection through the in-person experience at the ballpark and also sending to professionals around around the country. Uh, So I, I, I count that my first digital marketing campaign. Of, of really going going on the ground with that. And then honestly, as I you know went through life, I was always just fascinated by advertising, fascinated by humans. And when it came into, you know, what are we going to do as, as a job and a life? It was like, I'm either going into advertising or I'm going into psychology, uh, which I think as marketers, we all say, did you really make a choice there? <laughs> um, because you're doing both. And as, as leaders of teams, I think we also know that we're always a little bit of a therapist. So I feel like every single day I get to, to live out both uh, really the understanding people, what makes them tick, how to connect with them, how to reach them. Uh, so so that is, it has been maybe not traditional, but I would say very clear that you're going to be in advertising and marketing, Kim. And I love it. I, I love it. I love it. I know I, before AJ gets to his question, what I love there is, first of all, you're right. Those, oh, those are the greats that I grew up with, too. I mentioned Ryan Sammer. What a nice mention to Chicago Cubs. Uh, and I love the fact that you put a self-addressed return envelope in there. At seven years old, you're like, I'm going to make it as easy as possible. Yeah. And, and that's awesome. And then the fact that you're right, I, I, I do remember the, the I, there's some addresses I'm like now forget it, you will never see that. No one wants to be oh, known. It's, very different time. <laughs> that, that, that's amazing. Do you still have a lot of your collection? I do. I still have them. <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. All right. That's, uh, I love hearing it. Go ahead, AJ, take it away. Hey, Kim, so what's, uh, you know, you're very passionate about what you do, and I can just tell that from your answers, but uh, what's your favorite thing about your work? Oh, it's hard to narrow that down because you're, you're right. I love what I do, and I love the connections that we create, um, but I would, I would say the most, uh, the best part of it is when you see the change happen, when you see the impact of your work. And it's really interesting. I think a lot of times as marketers, we can believe, you know, we're putting it out in the world. We don't connect. You know, we may not be that salesperson. We may not be that customer service person. We may not be that engagement. 
Um, but I often, you know, tell my team as marketers, you're often the front line. You're often, you know, creating what most people will ever engage with us as a brand and that perception. And so uh, I am, I'm incredibly privileged. You know, we have an amazing community team, an amazing events team. And in the last month in October, we kind of kicked off open enrollment season uh, with on the ground health and wellness expos. We stood it all up. We gave away hundreds of screenings, pallets of fresh food. We gave away um, vaccinations, COVID and, and flu shots. Flu vaccinations were available uh, on site. And there's nothing that is more fulfilling in marketing than standing on the ground and having members literally come up to us and say, I've got my ID card right here. Ma'am, ma'am, you don't have to take it out of your wallet. I'd really trust you uh, that, that you're a member. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, how happy we are to have you in the community. Um, many saying, you know, this, this isn't a community that, that health plans or providers come to. So, you know, thank you. Uh, and having really that connection with the member. And we can do that connection in a lot of ways as mar marketers today, you know, virtual events, digital communications, on the ground. Um, nothing is quite as victorious as that, that feedback that you get that something is working. That's my favorite part. Kim, what's kind of different with healthcare, health insurance uh, marketing versus kind of general marketing? Are there specific nuances that uh, you see applying more to the healthcare industry? Yeah, I think there's there's a couple of things that make the healthcare um, industry, I would at least say fascinating uh, and, and different in, in many ways. And one, when we're talking about the health insurance products um, versus care delivery, at the truth, it's a regulated specific product. So at the end of the day, the plan differentiations, you know, from company to company can only have degrees of variation because they're regulated, right? They are, you're told like, this is what you have to provide to people. Uh, so as a marketer that challenges, it's really a commodity product, but a commodity that is incredibly important in people's lives and how they're engaging with it. So that's always a real, I find it a fun marketing challenge of how are you going to differentiate? How are you going to step apart when the product, the plans aren't the area that you can differentiate? So how you, you know, wrap service around that, how you wrap experiences around that, that is where you can differentiate and that's where you can step apart. So that, that regulated piece, I find, you know, really fascinating because, you know, usually marketers have the advantage of product advantages uh, to, to leverage. And, and that's not always one that you get. Uh, obviously, like I said, it's regulated. There's, you know, clear things that we have to be, you know, um, specific about, creative about. Uh, but I also am one of the believers in, in beautiful constraints and, and you can get really creative and really, you know, impactful with the work that you do uh, when you have the constraints on you. Uh, and, and I don't actually, I don't say constraints in a negative way at all. I think that's actually, you know, what provokes curiosity and, and creativity. Uh, so I think those are kind of some of the things at the end of the day, and you can never forget, right? you're inter interacting with someone most of the time in a very emotionally driven moment. And that emotion could be, I'm so happy we just had a baby. We just got pregnant. We just got 
a, a cancer diagnosis. And now my world has just been flipped upside down. We just got a terminal diagnosis. And so to be able to also market and connect when you know that your member is on a spectrum of emotions is another very different challenge. Like I like sneakers. I'm a sneaker head, right? My sneakers are all joy moments. There's not a negative moment that, that any of my sneaker companies that sell to me have to worry about in, in my world. Uh, so I think those kind of nuances of the regulated space, the commodity product, and then, but really an emotive moment that someone is always engaging in uh, are kind of what make healthcare marketing so fun. And, you know, Kim, I wanted to ask about, you touched upon it earlier, the last few years, especially how it's changed. And we address this with all of our guests on the podcast in the last, you know, year and a half or so. Marketing during the pandemic, let's, let's take marketing, we could, we could focus on that, but especially healthcare during the pandemic has really been at the forefront of on people's minds, what people have been doing here in New York, the hospitals uh, were overrun. Talk to me about how your world was affected during the pandemic. And, and then also, how did you have to, how did you market during that time? Or did you market? Did you focus some, on something else? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And I, I, I wanna make a public service announcement real quick. We're still in the pandemic. Yes. We're still we're still heading toward a, a twindemic. So so please make sure you're vaccinated. Please get your flu vaccinations. Let's let's do this together uh, on all of those components. Um, but it it really was a, a fascinating time, and I'm I'm going to put on both hats. I'm going to put on the the Emblem Health Health Plan hat first, which there were huge pivots that we had to make as a marketer because we literally shut our doors. You know, we are a plan that's very active in the community. We have nearly 15 physical neighborhood care is what we call them, but they are health and wellness centers in the city that our members came to every day, that they went to yoga classes, they went to health literacy classes, they engaged with us and specifically a population that tend to be our Medicare members, a more elderly population that needed that, that social piece to really help you know, keep things like loneliness and depression and anxiety in check. So for us as the plan, you know, in the early days of, of the pandemic, it was how do we keep the connections intact? Let's focus on that, right? Every single day, information is changing. Of course, coverage, you know, is being very uh, laid out for us by the federal government, how thing, testing will be covered, how, how care will be covered. So let's focus on the connection. And we did that in a couple of day, ways of we took all of our program virtual. We started hosting town halls of direct communication. Let's give you what we know. Let's put our, our physicians in front of you. Um, we did an initiative that frankly was Call, we called it the peace of mind initiative where we literally picked up the phone and just started calling what for us were our highest risk members for social isolation for that. And we made over 30,000 connections with 30,000 members to say, how can we help you right now? 
um, which was very transformative. And I think as marketers, we're always driven by that simple question to our consumers, those that we serve, how can we help you? That's what we're here for at the end of the day and how to create that connection. Um, so I think it was actually a time that marketing got to really shine and say, this is exactly what we do, right? We connect. Uh, on the, let me put my provider side hat on, it was fascinating as a marketer because every single day, the business model was changing. We're overnight, right? Front doors of physician practices close. We're now virtual first. Now all of our care is, is virtual. We're doing it between computers with people. As that goes on, now we're vaccinating people. Now we're, we're testing. All of this is happening at that time. And so, you know, as marketers, you're always very tethered to the business outcomes and what are we trying to achieve? And I've never experienced that the model, the business model is changing weekly in front of you. Uh, so for any adrenaline junkies, it was a very great adrenaline time of, of really, you know, what are we doing? What are we pivoting to? What is the content we need now this week? Because now we have to explain to, to patients, this is how you get your care. Welcome to a whole new way. Uh, and it's overnight. So you had, you had no warning. So those are the things that I think really, you know, as marketers and I think many brands and many industries were able to shine uh, during the, the pandemic time. And hopefully, right, we're taking a lot of this with us. What did we learn and, and how can we continue to optimize and evolve in those areas? Yeah, and, and I love the way you explain it, Kim. You know, the passion is, is truly there. And it's, you know, you can tell that you love what you do. I, I want to talk about, you're right, a couple of things you mentioned there. The, the way people receive their health advice, doctor visits, right, online. To me, it's, yeah, it, it makes it easier. It, it, it's changed. Maybe I'm old school. I always like going to see my, my doctor, right? And, and because that's such a, a personal thing, right? It's kind of a personal thing. You're mentioning different things. But there's a pivot, and then I'm glad because my wife and I we welcomed uh, our, our second child. A lot of those visits are online, and then of course, uh, you know, in, in, in person. But all and in what you were saying, there, the adrenaline junkies, the way people look at it. How do you think people's relationship with health in general changed during COVID? I could tell you how mine did, but I would love to hear your take. It's interesting because if I if I think about it visually on, you know, a continuum of I'm not engaged in my care to the other end really being, I'm highly engaged in my health and my wellness. I feel like, like many things in our world during this time, a polarization happened and it was either really positive and actually, you know, COVID opened my eyes. I never even realized this. I never even thought about, you know, what are my other chronic diseases? What are my other comorbidities that could make this really bad for me? I want to engage, right? I want to, I want to get healthy. I want to get on uh, in the gym. I want to be, you know, putting everything that I can into my health. And then I think you absolutely have the other end of that spectrum where people shot in to the, oop, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to withdraw from care, right? It's not safe to go into the ER. It's not safe to go into my doctor's visits. 
I'm not, you know, staying up on, I'm fine, right? It's, it's no big deal. It's, it's not, which we're seeing actually now coming into the healthcare system that people are sicker than they were two years ago. We're now seeing diabetes, you know, coming much more prevalent because of what's happened of, you know, we, we, we call it delaying care, you know, is, is how we talk about it. Uh, so I think you really had this polarization of, of it was an eye-opening revealing moment for folks where in others, it was a, I'm just going to keep putting my head in the sand. That seems safer than, no, than knowing. So Vincent, which, which way did you go? You said, you know, which way you went. Well, yeah, so I've always been a, you know, my wife will call me a hypochondriac. So me, I'm always, you know, I have, uh, I have health insurance. If I see something's wrong, I'm at that doctor's office. I have my three of my doctors uh, text message. <laughs> so, so for, but no, for me, Kim, it was kind of a little bit where uh, caution, right? Because my wife and I living in New York City, we had to leave. You know, mm -hmm. our, our doctor, uh, her doctor was like New York City hospitals at the time, April of March of last year. Yep. You, I can't, you know, you should go to, a, yep. is there another area? We had to go to Pennsylvania where my in-laws are. None of the Pennsylvania hospitals would take us. Mm -hmm. They would at first. And then they said, oh, yeah, sure. Come on in. We'd love to have it. Where are you from? New York City. Oh, no. New York City. It's a kind of the scarlet letter back then, yeah. right? It, yeah. you know, living in New York City, the, the 8 million people here, right? So, but for me, I think it opened a lot of people's eyes in the sense where I feel like a lot of people were always hesitant to get certain types of insurance, right? They're like, oh, maybe I need this type of insurance now. Maybe life insurance. I need this. And so I, I need to beef up my health insurance. I have to make sure that I have the best health insurance. So yeah, for me, it's kind of, it's always been, I've, I've always been a little extreme when it comes to that. I, it didn't change like me working out because as I mentioned, I broke my arm running. So obviously I don't work out, <laughs> but for me, it just made me, it just made me more aware and really focused on my children and future and being more, even more cautious to me, you know? Uh, but yeah, that's kind of how the, the way I went. Yep. Yeah. It sure sounds like, uh, you probably have a couple more doctor visits left this week, Vincent. Oh, definitely, definitely. I go go <laughs> to see my doctor for my arm. I might need my six week X ray. It's, you know, I think one week I had three different doctor visits for <laughs> my hamstring. I know, I'm falling apart, Kim, I'm falling apart. But uh, you know, I lost the race, even if I won. Did I really win? Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Kim, to talk about uh, uh, marketing a. Uh, some more what, what's your marketing stack like do you have preferred uh, sort of uh, tools and software that uh, you like to use that our other marketers might benefit from um yeah so I, I i feel fortunate we have we have a pretty great marketing stack that that we've built on and so really as, a, as an organization we've we've invested in Salesforce and, and that we've put, you know, marketing cloud in, sales cloud in, service cloud in. Uh, and the real intent around that was to get a 360 view 
of our members as, as they engage with us. So having that as really the foundational infrastructure across the whole entity gives us a, a, a real advantage to know, you know, what is the member experiencing at any moment and how can we react and connect to that. Uh, and then other components that are, you know, really critical for us are, you know, our website infrastructure. Um, we sit on Adobe Experience Manager and different components of, of the Adobe suite uh, and really, you know, integrate that with our Salesforce platforms so that we, we can react to, you know, leads coming into the website, to different engagements that we build on the website. So those are really the key components. Uh, and for, for us, you know, I think this is a critical piece. And I know in the, the healthcare space, this has always uh, been challenged when I, when I speak to peers. We've also been really fortunate to build a marketing database that connects with our, our larger database that, that runs the, the infrastructure of the organization. Um, but part of that advantage has, has made us very nimble in the way that you know, we can connect with members and, and patients, the way that we can analyze our results in ways. Uh, I know this is you know, very complicated and we're, we're very fortunate to connect it into our, our enterprise data marts and, and databases. So th those are kind of our, our keystone uh, kind of tech stack that, that really helps us deliver, you know, more and more personalized experiences, more and more engaged, responsive experiences and experiences that get smarter on as they go through the, the journey and those, those components. Kim, moving towards like the uh, soft skills of marketing uh, beyond the tech stack, what do you think are some of the important skills that the modern marketer should have in order to be uh, successful today in marketing? Um, uh, absolutely. First and foremost, I think for marketing success, you have to have curiosity. You have to have that questioning spirit that, that why, right? Why does someone think that? Why did they do that? Uh, that leads to the infrastructure of testing and understanding and how do we connect and is this the best thing? And, you know, uh, it's often, and, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm unique in from a, as a marketing organization, you know, people will come to us with, I need a flyer, I need an email, I need to put this on the website. <laughs> And that, that is the, okay, we actually need to take this conversation back a few steps. We need to talk about the curiosity. We need to talk about the problem solving, you know, bring us a, bring us a challenge and marketers will play all day long with the challenge. And, you know, your flyer is not going to be the most impactful. Here's what you need to do. So that, that curiosity with that, that problem solving nature, I think is, is core. Another, I think, key aspect of a marketer today, because as you know, I always challenge my team that it's your job to know the customer better than anybody in this organization. It's your job to represent them in meeting. It's your job to bring that in because all day long, the business brings us the important business components. We have to marry that with what customers are looking at. So I would say the next attribute that I think is even more critical in today's world as for marketers is authenticity. And that is, you know, 
knowing who you are, knowing who your customer is, knowing that, you know, we live in a world that we are confronted with a lot of different activism opportunities for brands and a lot of different people that we represent both inside our organizations and outside. And you need to be that authentic advocate. Uh, so having that voice. So, so those to me are the things that I always, you know, look for in team members because I can, I can teach you disciplines, right? I can teach you skill sets. Um, but at the end of the day, as a marketer, you need that curiosity. You need that authenticity. You need that problem solving nature. And, and you need to be that advocate day in and day out. Doesn't always lead to you know, does that lead to challenging conversations some days? Yeah. Um, but that's because you're standing on, you know, your skills, your understanding of the customer, uh, and you're doing the, the right thing with those with those attributes. Uh, Kim, I want to pick up on something you mentioned there. You talked about um, activism. Uh, you've seen an increase in companies you know, talking about brand activism, you know, what role do you think companies should play in that? And, and then let's go right to directly to Emblem Health. What, what role uh, are you playing, your company's playing in those to drive those values? Yeah, so in short, the, the role that I believe that companies should play is the role that your employees, your customers, and your communities need you to play. Um, that may seem a little simple and basic, but that definition may be very different from company to company. So being a healthcare company, which, so let's start with that at the foundation, everybody deserves healthcare, right? It is a basic right. And so on the, just the business that we're in, we have to be equity driven, right? So that's just in the foundation of our DNA. Then as you start to you know, pull the layers back on that, we serve New York City, the most diverse city in the country, right? We have to understand that landscape. We have to represent that landscape. Uh, and so for us, it was really interesting early on in the pandemic, as we, we've talked about virtual care and, and we were watching right, telehealth explode in a way that frankly telehealth has been trying for decades to explode in that way and couldn't, right? Because of consumer adoption. So you watch this explosion happen. And then we, knowing who our members are and who we serve, we actually stepped back and went, is this a good thing that this is exploding in this way? And our hypothesis was, we already know when the pandemic actually helped reveal in greater degrees that health disparities exist between populations. One of our hypotheses was, oh no, if we rely on technology, are we going to widen that gap in health disparity or are we going to close that gap? How can technology help us close that? And so out of the gate in the pandemic, we actually surveyed uh, the New York City population on access. And it and found, you know, very eye-openly and quickly that a third of low-income population in New York City and a quarter of our Black and African American population in New York City did not have reliable internet access at home and only had a single device in their home. So now remember when the pandemic, schools at home, works at home, and we we're very cautious, right, that we're going to limit 
and again, broaden that divide in the health disparities. So what do we do as a plan? How can we not lead us down the, this path? And so one, we absolutely created, we created Wi-Fi hotspots. We have, you know, sales vans that drive around all day. We have our neighborhood care centers. Uh, they have free Wi-Fi. That's very intentional. We knew the second that we could open our doors, we needed to. And when we reopened the doors, we made sure that every single one of our neighborhood care centers had a telepod, a telehealth pod, which was a place that I live in New York City. I live in a studio apartment with six people, possibly during the pandemic. How the heck am I going to have a wellness visit? How the heck am I going to have a therapy visit? Uh, you can come into our doors today and have a pod where you can have that engagement. So how can we make sure that, yes, we're going to represent. So that activism for us became very much technology driven during the pandemic of how do we make sure that technology is an accelerator, not a decelerator in, in people's health. So I think those are some examples of how, and I'm sure you know all of us face, it's really important for the employees that you have today, right? It's a, it's a key component of keeping their engagement, keeping them appraised of, of, of what is passionate to them. So that's equally important when you go into activism of, yes, what do your customers need, but what do your employees need to be able to, I'll, I'll be corny for a minute, I, I, I can never pass up a good pun, but proudly wear that emblem uh, <laughs> as emblem health uh, each day, right? That's, that's what you rely on for brand success. So that's a lot of what should drive your activism hard as well. I, I love hearing that. And, and Kim, I know this is kind of one of those like future questions, right? You know, who really knows, but... Is, is, is it technology? Is it, what, what, what do you see as the future of health insurance? I think the future of um, health insurance has to be a massive reframing. And you, you actually hit on it, Vincent, when you talked about the type of consumer you are. So right now, because of the, the way that health insurance was begun, right? It was to keep you from a catastrophic event, to keep you from being broke if you had had a catastrophic event, much like life insurance or your home insurance, right? A lot of people get health insurance and cross their fingers that they don't ever need it. That's actually wrong in consumer engagement because that is driving people unlike you, Vincent, who are staying at home, getting sick, getting sick, getting sicker, getting sicker, and ending up you know, with higher and higher healthcare costs. So I believe the massive future of, in, of insurance has to be this pivot, pivot, which is ironic because we call our people members. They're not customers, they're members. I think the massive pivot needs to be to this reframing of you're, you are getting into a membership. At the core of it, what is a membership? A membership is designed to be utilized. I get a gym membership to use it. Now, I understand that that's not always consumer behavior. <laughs> I'm not advocating that consumer behavior, but I get it to, to use it, right? I join a club. I join a whiskey membership. I, I, I join a back, you know, let's go all the way back to Columbia Records and get my CDs, 10 of them for a buck. Um, to utilize it. And so I think that mindset has to transcend, transcend the health 
membership space and then start advocating for it because you should be using your, your benefits. You absolutely should be seeing your doctors. You should be taking advantage of digital health wellness platforms because overall that's going to drive your health to a much better place and it's going to drive down the, the rising costs of healthcare. So that's, that's my new advocate uh, position for, for the future of insurance. Kim, any uh, tips on how to choose health insurance? It's such a uh, complicated and complex uh, process. It is a complicated and complex process, and I will not stand here as an insurance executive and defend that. Um, I always encourage you know, my teams every year, go to your open enrollment benefit sessions, listen to the questions that people ask. It's, it is complicated. Uh, so I think the, the kind of tips that I would share is one, really think about your life circumstances. So congratulations, Vincent, on baby number two. That is a key life circumstance that you really want to make sure your, your health insurance is prepared for. If you know you're going to have an upcoming surgery, you're going to really want to make sure that your plan is prepared for that. Uh, if you have a, a specific um, condition, chronic condition, or, or you know, know that, hey, I really want dental too. Look for a plan that has dental and vision embedded into it. That's very common actually in health insurance plans. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. They think I need to add on dental and vision. Uh, and sometimes you do if depending on what type of things you wanna be doing or type of care that you need, but often it's actually baked into your health plan as well. Uh, so the first is really think about what are you going to need from your health insurance in the next coming year? The second lane then going with our theme of, of membership what are you going to utilize and make sure you have it? You know, for me, um, chiropractic care, acupuncture care, those are, those are part of my recipe of my health and wellness. So I always make sure that's in my plan, right? I'm going to utilize those services. Those are important for, for my health journey uh, and what I need. So if you look ahead to what do you think you're going to need this year? And then definitely, what are you going to use? because it's there to be used. Uh, those, are, those are kind of the, the pieces that I, I would recommend people as you're going through open enrollment. I know it uh, starts in New York on November 16th. Uh, so everyone will be looking um, very soon. I'm a little bit unrelated to healthcare. So this is our staple question here. Uh, so I'm sure with your job title, you get a lot of LinkedIn messages uh, and, you know, given how much of a positive person you are, we'd love to get to know what's the message that you really hate. And then uh, the second one will be easier for you is uh, what's one that gets your attention. Um, so if I go on the hate and you're right, I'm a very positive person. So I have always resisted firing back on some of these emails that come through. <laughs> this is your chance. <laughs> um, which, um, I can never, ever stand the, I know you're busy line. Of course I'm busy. Like you don't have to tell me what I'm experiencing I know you can't find me in your inbox. Um, and so there's often this, this strategic sales ploy to say, 
I know, Kim, I'm just trying to help you, but it actually comes off as you're not actually responding and respecting the fact that I am busy and maybe I did see your email and I didn't respond on purpose. (laughs) Um, The ones that will always grab my attention are the ones that clearly have done their research on me and have pull, pull in a fun fact. There are multiple people who have sent me emails of, I'd love to see your baseball card collection. And I'm always like, wait, who is this? And what are you talking (laughs) about? Um, so those, those pieces that get into the, you know, you've read my LinkedIn account, you've, you know, read something I've written, right. That, that, that's easy. Uh, that will at least get me to open it. And then at the day, at the end of the day, right, not unique to, to any marketer, any of these uh, uh, that they come across, right, it's need-based for me, right? It's, it's what I'm going through as an organization, what I can control as a marketer, right? There's a, there's a lot of, you know, infrastructure technology that we put in from an enterprise standpoint that I'm not putting in at a marketing standpoint. So, so once you've got my attention, then it really is about, you know, what's the value? What, how does it connect? How does it help me drive forward? And, and I don't, I don't envy anybody advertising to marketers on, on any day. I think many of us, right, delete our cookies, remove our footprints, um, everything that we, we leverage uh, for our work. Uh, we also, I think, build fortresses around ourselves as marketers on most days. Uh, but, but I think that is just, please don't tell me I'm busy. I'm, I'm well aware. <laughs> Uh, that that's the first really because like ah. that, 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 that line that line a lot of people will say kim with that because we love it and said this is that's a question that every single one of our 100 guests uh, have, have received and don't tell me i'm busy i like that because a lot of them are like oh this is how we can help you know or they'll get your name wrong and oh, someone, yeah. someone I, I said this a couple of podcasts ago my name is vincent not Vic Net. I don't know who that is. That, that's not <laughs> someone who exists in my world. But so, Kim, I wanted just a, a couple last questions from us here. What role or what has, you know, some of the skills you've learned have kind of played a pivotal role in, in, in your career? I, I saw you had, you know, you spent a lot of time on the agency side. Uh, it could be some experience is there it could be some experiences that have helped what, what kind of is like been a pivotal some skills in your career or a a role that you had that was kind of vital to where you are now yeah i mean if we if we have any any more youngins kind of listening to to this along the way um i would highly highly recommend starting your career on the agency side there is just an acceleration of knowledge, experience, personalities, styles, management processes. Um, it's it's boot camp, right? It, every single day, it's different clients and all of that. Um, so if I really had to think about, you know, my my pivotal moments, it definitely goes back to to the agency days. And, you know, I was really, I was very fortunate, you know, just to spend many, many years at, at Gyro. And it actually got to a point, you know, unlike, not like, you know, I'm sure many of us have gotten to that point in our career where it's like, okay, I'm just, I'm ready for my next challenge. 
right? I've, I'm, I've done what I can do. I'm ready for my next challenge. And, and I was really fortunate to, to have who now is a, a, a dear friend that I was having drinks with at the time who worked at the agency and had actually been brought in to build out the healthcare agency. And we were having drinks one night and I'm just saying, you know, Wendy, I, I gotta go. I, I, I need my next challenge. And she said, well, come build this with me. And so, so literally Wendy and I off the sides of our desk went to work and building a healthcare agency within the walls of our agency. And that, that time, you know, has taught me a lot about um, female led leadership. It taught me a lot about building, creating, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, when you're the leaders and, and you're, you're doing the meeting invites because you're, you're building this out of nothing. Uh, and so that, that heart, that, that, that gumption, uh, that I think was, was pivotal. And then obviously, and now I know you guys can, can hear it. I caught the healthcare bug in that moment. And once you catch that healthcare bug, of the work that you do every single day, having such an impact on people's lives, uh, that was the key for me, and has definitely, you know, been that. Whether that's a fork in a road or left turn in the road or U-turn, whatever, however the journey is defined in that way, uh, it, it's definitely kind of the moment that 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 put me on the path I'm on today. I love it. I love it. And Kim, final question. Because we're talking about, you know, well, I want to understand some of your hobbies, what you like to do, but how do you stay healthy? Oh, how do I stay healthy? Um, I would say it's a combination of nutrition first, uh, movement second, and then the third area I, I, I need to keep working on is rest. Uh, so, so for me, uh, nutrition has been a key part of my health plan for over a decade. Uh, I have a thyroid condition, thyroid's very much connected to gluten intake. Uh, so I've been gluten-free for over a decade with the goal and thankfully knock on wood have been successful to not have to be medicated in that sense. So, so for me, nutrition is always at the core of my health plan. And when I wander off of that nutrition path, I feel it quickly feel it in inflammation. I feel it in my body. I feel all of that. Uh, then, so in the, the second areas is movement, uh, exercise, uh, my, my, my wife will, will I'll probably lose a bet if I mention Peloton. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but that, that has been a key part of, you know, get moving, whether that's get on the bike, whether that's, you know, lift and yoga, whether it is walking, you know, the two beautiful bloodhounds that I, that I have, uh, the motion, the movement, especially in a virtual world where we sit at a desk all day long, more so than ever. Uh, and then I'm working, so I'm, I'm going to use this as accountability time. Uh, I'm working on the rest parts, the recovery parts, the slowdown parts, uh, and let it let it all all heal and sink in. So that's my formula. That's working-ish. <laughs> I love it. And then, then some hobbies. What do you enjoy doing? You said uh, you know you, you try to work out, which I, I get it. Hint: I need to work out more. I get it. Um, but what are, what are some of your hobbies? What do you like to do in your spare time? Um, in my spare time, so whether this is, you know, the marketing juices or the fact that, you know, stories are, are the lifeblood of the world, uh, I can never get enough stories. So it's, it's reading, it's podcasts, it's binge watching shows, 
we, my wife and I may disagree from time to time. She likes to rewatch shows. I'm like, but I already know that story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. I, I love to rewatch. I'm a, I'm a rewatcher. I'm you, like, already, I need... you already saw it. I'm like, why did you pick up that last part? You didn't, you didn't notice that last part that he said. So yeah, same Vincent, way. We need, we need new stories. <laughs> uh, we have to fill our brain with new stories. I know. Uh, so, so that is always, right? It, yeah, that's the great part, right? You throw podcasts in your ear these days and go on a walk and, and you know, take, take the journey with you. So that is my, my consumption of, of stories is really, I would say, at the, the core of what I love to do in my spare time. That's awesome. Kim, we really appreciate it. You can see but the people who are going to be consuming us, uh, watching us. You can see how many times I smiled. We had uh, an, an amazing time. Please check out Emblem Health. Now when I drive down that highway, I see it. It's going to mean even more to me seeing that. And I'm going to smile even more. Ladies and gentlemen, the VP of Marketing at Emblem Health, Kim Lowersdorf. I'm Vincent that's AJ. This has been another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.